The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. The price of performing on stage is that the Borg Queen takes you over. The price of saving the future is getting hit by a car. The price of our reviews is listening to my voice. I'm Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek Picard. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. This week has some ups in the episode, and after speaking with our roundtable beforehand, I know there's also some downs that we're going to discuss. So with that, let's introduce our esteemed judges on this roundtable. So I think... We can all agree that whenever we have the chance to record with her, it brightens our day. So we're welcoming Fran from the Sci-Fi Sisters today. Fran, it's a pleasure to have you on once again. And it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. What's happening, folks? And I got to share a lot of FaceTime in Chicago with our next host from Waiting in Line for Will Wheaton to eating lunch in the crowded cafeteria-style food court. Uh, Welcome, Mike, from Deep Space Pride. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Always fun to have this group together. And uh, yeah, I I hope we're all recovered. Those of us who went to Chicago are all recovered and back in the groove. Still trying to catch up on in the swing of things for work, but we're getting there. And after the introductions that I've given our next guest over the course of this season, if we were both standing in front of a car speeding toward us, he'd be more likely to push me in front of it instead of take the hit himself. Welcome, Jamie, from the Divine Treasury. Really? That, that's hurtful. <laughs> I, seen, I would, I, I would go out with you. Mike. Oh, okay. That I've seen cool. the, I was going to say, I've mm-hmm. seen the faces you've made on my introductions. So <laughs> no, I would push you out of the way. At least he didn't call you Adam Sung, yeah, Jamie. So that's, there's that. That's it could true. have been worse. This is true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, Mr. Rogers, why don't you let everyone know where we can be found on social media? Well, if you'd like to follow the show on social media, you can find us at Discovering Trek, or you can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Uh, Just answer a few simple questions, and our admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark, will let you in. This is a reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Picard episode two of one. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and then head back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. 
episode 206 of star trek picard two of one aired april 7th 2022 it was written by cindy appel and jane mags and directed by jonathan frakes with the help of talon picard and the crew infiltrate a gala on the eve of a joint space mission to protect one of the astronauts they believe to be integral to the restoration of the timeline renee picard and Corey makes a startling discovery about her father's work. So a lot happening in this episode. So um, let's just get the negative out of the way. Jamie, thumbs up, thumbs down on this episode. And uh, what's what's your thought process? Well, First can I do a thumbs it? up and a thumbs down or no? You can do it. See, and I'll give one mine away. Up, one thumb down. <laughs> I'll give mine away right now. Uh, and I'm going to steal this from Casey Shafsky. I'm doing a sideways thumb because it's not up and it's not down. It's kind of in the middle. That's a, that's my take on it. So, all right. Well, I'll, I'll try. I, I'll try to make a decision. I'm going to do thumbs down on this one. Okay. Um, it, it, from an entertainment standpoint, I enjoyed the episode, you know, but once I get into my Star Trek analytical mind of examining the plot and the characters and the character growth, character development, um, and just the sheer continuity of the episode doesn't do it for me. Um, I, I have major issues with many of the, the plots, as I know we're going to get into. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I struggle with it. So I'm going to I'm going to go with the thumbs down for for the first time on discovering Trek Picard this season yeah not just the first time for jamie but this is actually the first thumbs down on an episode uh it took us six episodes to get a thumbs down on one uh so i know mike had some strong um, i wouldn't say strong feelings but uh strong enough so mike how about you thumbs up thumbs down on this episode i was gonna do the same thing you're gonna you did mike i'm gonna give it a thumb sideways i i just felt like this was a middling episode mm-hmm. I, I dare say somewhat mediocre but um there are like we talked about in the the pre-roll there are some uh some parts of this that i really do like and mm-hmm. uh so but there are i i think you know i think i'm gonna fall with jamie on a couple of these uh plot points that uh really stood out to me even on the first watch when i try to watch it just for like we were talking about just for entertainment. So I'm going to give it a thumb sideways. Very nice. And Fran, how about yourself? Thumbs up or thumbs down? I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Um, there was one part of it I didn't like and it'll come up. Um, mm. But basically the episode for me was pretty, I, I thought it was good. I, I thought it was good. I thought it, it kind of dragged a little bit. It didn't move the plot too too much further, but um, most of it I liked. There was one part that I didn't like, so um, and it really plucked my nerves every time I saw it. So um, thumbs up, basic thumbs up. Okay, I I think it's interesting that you say it dragged on because uh, I do kind of feel the same way. And what makes it really interesting is so far, this is the shortest episode of the season. I I was just going to say that it's like 38 (laughs) minutes long. Yeah. And and it felt like it was a lot longer and not in a, not in a good way. 
not in a good way. You you kept waiting. You just kept, you felt like you were attached to the back of Soong's car being pulled along. <laughs> oh wow! Yes. <laughs> too too soon. Too soon. Uh, <laughs> too no, too soon. Maybe too uh, soon. I knew you were oh, going to say that. Oh, nice one. Ba-dum-bum. Nice one, Jamie. <laughs> I would say also, I, I'm not, a, you know, I, the reason why I think this is middling is I really don't like the trope of this countdown to something happening, like getting the, the tease of some, you know, of Picard being mm-hmm. unconscious at the beginning and then jumping forward in time and then jumping back and jumping forward and, uh, you know, the clock kind of tip, ticking down just does not do it for me. And I also feel like we were sold a, a heist, an Ocean Eleven type episode, and we got this. And uh, this is not Ocean's Eleven at all. Well, well you, and, and you, you talk about that, Mike, and, and obviously it's a 38 minute long episode and we waste good storytelling time going back mm-hmm. and forth. Once again, we're all in the audience waiting for this exciting chain of events to play out like i'm i'm thinking coming into this episode i'm going to be watching mission impossible one over again mm-hmm. the dinner sequence and you know something's going to happen to picard but it was it was so much of a letdown <laughs> once you actually got to what mm-hmm. it was it, to me it was very predictable like okay you know he's gonna do something to protect renee but yep it just was it was a kind of a soft landing of uh, I, I should say hmm. that's a that's a good way of describing it um so my thumb sideways um reasons behind it uh, kind of like mike i mean it, it, it's actually hard for me to say thumb sideways on it because um and we'll get into it in the key points like the part that is my favorite part of the show I enjoyed so much that it almost brought that thumb up for me, but then, you know, there are some parts of it that are just very problematic that prevent me from just like jumping hundred percent on board. Um, but that being said, uh, you know, like Jamie said, I do still enjoy the episode. I- I've watched it three or four times now. And I I can't say that this is going to be like something that goes in the pantheon, like uh, code of honor or Aquiel, you know, uh, you know, this is a decent episode. It just has some problems uh, within it. Please specify how you would like to proceed, sir. So key points, since we're all kind of dancing around the subject here, um, and I'm going to let Jamie go first again, just because I know he has, you know, he's already talked to me about this. He actually has bullet points uh, <laughs> and I, I don't want him to get stepped on with this. So we're going to, we're going to let him uh, uh, speak his mind here first. I, I don't know if you want, it's going to be <laughs> probably be about 38 minutes, the length of the episode <laughs> to go through the bullet points. So I'll, I'll hit on a couple of them and then we can, if we want to. Yep. circle or dance back we can kind of come back but as long as you're faster than the episode that's fine you can okay. you know take the 38 minutes as long as i don't feel the 38 minutes all right i, <laughs> I so first and foremost i did not like talent in this episode so really yeah hmm. so here's here's a big issue i have with her she's been watching this girl for 24 years right okay analyzing mm-hmm. every part of her life protecting her all this other stuff. 
And she's going to sit there and say to Picard, oh, maybe Q's right. Maybe Mm. she's not ready to go on the shuttle. What is your existence? Your existence is to get this girl on the freaking shuttle. (laughs) What what are we doing here? Like, yeah, I didn't like that either. That's a good point. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, which once again, I think they're trying to kind of lead us down some road, but she talks Romulan in the dinner sequence. Mm -hmm. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like once again, I'm just like, I'm confused. It kind of opened up more. Mike, you're looking at me really. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't pick up on the Romulan piece. I totally yeah. missed that twice. Uh, she, wow. She, she speaks Romulan. Now, Jamie, does it I can't remember. Did they did they make a comment about it being Romulan or is it a subtitle piece that says it was a subtitle Romulan. piece? Subtitle. You, yeah. you heard her speaking it. I mm-hmm. mean, you heard her speaking Romulan. So that was kind of like, OK, what the heck is going on here? All right. So then Girardi. I mean, it's, and and once again, I don't blame Allison pill. I think she did a phenomenal job, but Mm -hmm. the elephant in the room is how the heck does she get out of security? Nobody. I mean, obviously I know she knocked people out, but she, in this red dress that, I mean, you could see, it's like watching the the girl in the red dress and what's that? Awful movie. <laughs> Schindler's List. The woman in red. No, oh, no, no, okay. no. Schindler's List, the girl in the red. It's like. Oh, yeah. Where she stands out among. Stands the, out amongst everything. I mean, yep. this girl, that security just apprehended. Right. Like a half 20 minutes before she just come back, comes back into the party and nobody says, hey, what? why is she back here? No, mm. nobody notices that. Then they knock out the power. And she comes out and starts singing with a spotlight with no power (laughs) and the band just, you know, picks up her. Yeah. Magic. Now, I mean, I'm a drummer, so, you know, I can handle stuff on the fly, but you're telling me a full jazz band just who can go right into um, shadows of the night. I I mean, yeah, I guess it's plausible. It, It, I don't know. I had, I had major, major issues with that. Then, I did too, Jamie. And yeah. before you before you move on from that point, I, I, I as I was watching it today again, I was thinking one she she was able to just kill the lights, kill the power without even really doing anything. It didn't seem like she just like I don't know clicked in it's her like mind she had that Q powers. Yeah, exactly. And then so I was so I was paying attention other than other than the whole foible with the security guards in Picard but we can come back to that later but she starts singing before the spotlight comes on now I you know so I'm like okay she's singing that gets everyone's attention and then the spotlight comes on and now now I'm I'm trying to like justify all of this right the singing is the first thing that she does so that gets everyone's attention the spotlight comes on. I imagine if she could turn off the lights, could she turn on a spotlight? Maybe I don't know, but it, it's a pod. You know, I'm trying to, I guess, give. Right. We're trying to in- work outside that realm of possibility. Yes. Yeah, no microphone either. So, but I mean, some of the mm. band are playing electrical instruments. I mean, oh, what so the that players? I didn't pick up on. Yeah, Maybe. that that I didn't pick I up know. on, but I. But I thought then 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 the band starts joining her and and since you since it is a jazz band and they they heard her do I don't know maybe maybe a whole verse of this song maybe they were you know maybe they were able to pick up on the music 
again, I, I'm stretching here trying to justify this whole scene because it bugs the hell out of me too, Jamie. Uh, it really does. So, but I, I, I was just trying to think through this, like, how is this possible? And, and could the band pick up after she sung that first verse? I, there's, there's more than likely a chance that they could pick that up. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I'll, I'll give you that. Like I said, I mean, I've, I've been in situations. But I totally understand. Where, yeah. I've been in situations where I've had to, you know, on the fly go in a certain direction and, you know, musically, but I don't know. But it's that's just, a lot of work. Yeah. You know, that's, for, that's a lot of mental work on my part. No offense to the, you know, for, for any of us, but, you know, like that's a lot of work to kind of like have to justify all of these things yeah. when mm -hmm. you're watching it and you're like, this is just weird. This is out of place. This doesn't seem possible in the realm of even, 20, you know, two years. We're, we're living in 2022. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that this is entirely possible in 2022. So, um, so yeah. So, I, you know, to do all that work, I think, Jamie, I totally agree with you. This is too much work on our part to, to justify all of this. Yeah. Please continue now, I, with your bullet points. I, I, I saw it completely different. I thought Go it was for fabulous. It. I just thought it was fabulous because I love that damn dress she had on. She <laughs> yeah. was serving up the girls, you know. Uh, she was just, you know, just all out there. And she like, she started singing and this woman can sing. I'm like, damn, she can sing, you know, and it was actually her singing. I found out later on. Mm -hmm. I just thought she just looked so good in that red dress with the red lipstick. And I'm mm -hmm. not really a fashion person. I'm not, you know, yeah. makeup and all. But I didn't, I didn't get the, I didn't get that. I got that she was standing up there on the balcony. She was singing and she looked fabulous and she did what she needed to do mm. to distract these people because she was looking fabulous throughout the whole thing and she was mm. sounding fabulous throughout the whole thing so that's what that's what i got out of it my analytical my start my track my i didn't go into the analytics analytics mm. of it it just went into the superficial part that mm -hmm. she looked and sounded wonderful understandable yeah. And, and I and I agree with you on and once again the first time I watched this episode I was you I was in that moment and I was like wow she's got a phenomenal voice Allison Pill I mean she, she's looking she's a killer. stunner yep. yeah yeah she is you know? yeah she she looks yeah. great you know and, mm -hmm. and I, I like like you said and, and once again you know I'm I'm coming at it from a musical standpoint too I thought it, I I thought it sounded great everything looked great and all that other stuff but once I started getting into the analytics of it and how this was contract, how no security guard was running up on stage, taking her off the stage. <laughs> yeah, like, that, this is the yeah. guy we just arrested, you know, but you all, <laughs> you all did notice that they, that the, the, the queen said that they did some short-term memory on those folks in there too. Yeah. But oh. all the security guards in the actual, that, that were on the floor. Right, 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 right. None of all those people don't remember this chick in the red dress. <laughs> like, I mean, no, I'm talking about the ones that took yeah. her back to the room. Yeah, was just, yeah. yeah. Those, you got a good, you got a, you got a good point, Jamie. She does kind of stand out <laughs> among everybody else. She does. Um, well, well and, but this, oh, go ahead. And, and can I say, Fran, with your comment, it brought my introduction right to life because all three of us had these. 
big old smiles on our face when you started talking about Allison Pill in that moment. Uh, the one thing I'm going to add to the, to your thought too, Jamie, is you know I think about this now, and you've made the comment actually a couple times now already that you know this is a jazz band that's playing there, and they're quick enough to pick up on a Pat Benatar song like that quickly, you know. Well, and, but and, you could actually say jazz are more improvisers, right? That's true. Jazz that's a good is point. more in, improvis, you know, improvisational. Yep. So mm-hmm. technically, I could spin that around and say a jazz okay. musician would be more apt to pick up something on the fly. So, so now you're on Mike's side of the fence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but going back to this whole security thing, th- this whole security at this party. That was kind of another major issue for me, like how they're like so good at one point and then so like lax at another point. And, you know, obviously the whole thing with Girardi, all, all that stuff. But then, you know, Dr. Soom is goes off and talks to this woman and it, and it seems like he's not even getting the words out of his mouth that Picard's a dangerous person and security guards are starting to walk towards him. Like... <laughs> Well, I, I get it, but that woman wasn't wearing a headset. <laughs> she wasn't wearing a headset. I mean, I, but th- just all of a sudden, boom, they're going to start moving towards them. But then Picard gets outside with Renee. Where's the security there? They're just walking around. They could just come back in the party. If, oh, you know, I think you're going to come back in the party. Like, like I said, it was like, it's like at certain moments, they were this great security crew. And then at other moments, they're like, just non-existent. How would a guy get run over by a car and nobody see it? And it's like, <laughs> oh, we're just going to rush him off to some yeah, little. It's, and it's just his crew that's there helping out. Yeah. yeah that's, a good, that's a good point. I mean, what nobody saw that. Nobody would call the police. Nobody would call an ambulance. Renee Picard standing over his body. And she'd be like, yeah, I'll let you guys. Yeah, you just. I, I'd be calling 911 nah, right then yeah. and there. Right. That did, yeah, because that's the it's second just, time he's. He, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I just, it just, things like this just took me out of the moment and, and just made it not believable to me. And it was like, uh, I hate to make another Star Wars comparison, but <laughs> well, I'm, go, I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to, Phantom Menace and Mike Thurlow. You know what I'm talking about here. So Qui Gon Jinn. And young Anakin, they're in, they're on Tatooine. They're in the, the marketplace. And then all of a sudden, in the next scene, we see them running towards the ship. And as we know, years later, there was a deleted scene that was deleted. But for years, I'm watching that scene going, why are they running? This doesn't make any sense to me. And to me, that's what I felt like this episode was like. It had holes, like the editing just was not there. Like there's... There's pieces missing. There's no continuity. Um, and there's just gaps. And, and th- there's gaps that really didn't need to be there because it was only a 38-minute 30 mi- long episode. So I have That's more points, but why. I'm, I'm going to stop right there. I'll let you guys. That's probably why it was 38 minutes because they I, cut I agree it. They edited yep. it. So they edited it. So it was so edited. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because it it's okay when, when they said, 34 minutes. I said, oh, they're doing this in real time, huh? Mm-hmm. And then they went back and forth and, you know, but the 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 thing with uh, that's the part uh, 
Brent Spiner, soon guy. That took me out. He took me out because he really got on my nerves. He really did. So he took he took me out of the scene, even though he was acting. He took me out of it. So did you have an issue with um, Brent Spiner's portrayal or or did he do such a good job in his portrayal of the character that it it turned you like I'm trying to. Well, he he's playing he's playing the proverbial. No, it's supposed to be the proverbial mad scientist, but he's Mm. actually a mad scientist. Yeah. As an Mm. angry mad scientist. Because you know the way he, you know, and you saw the way Picard like just backed up, when, mm-hmm. you know that that body language and stuff, and I'm like, oh God, do do we, you know, that's the part. That's my thumbs down. Is is the mad scientist? Now let me tell you something that they made 100% accurate to real life, because I was just thinking about it here, is how. Soong is an outcast in his community. Uh, we saw that uh, last episode. You know, he's had everything stripped away from him within the scientific community. He goes and makes an enormous donation to this program. And suddenly he's able to wield the security to have people taken out of the building. If that is not true to life, I don't know what is the person with the money makes the decisions. And that's what happened here. Um, Mike, even that doesn't make sense though, because in the previous episode, he was fighting to get grant money to do his research. And then now all of a sudden he miraculously has all this money that he can just donate. I mean, maybe he got the money from Q, Mm -hmm. but, but once again, it's like, it well, just is like there's holes, there's gaps. You, know? you also, you know, the other thing is too. I mean, all all of these companies that have tons and tons of money, they apply for grants all the time yeah. to, you know, uh, for for funding for certain things, so that it doesn't. I, I mean, he's a one man. He's a one man company essentially, so it's not like he's got to protect his ability to pay his employees. Um, but you know, hmm. yeah. I got more negative stuff. I mean, I'm, 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 giving, I'm trying to give you guys the floor, but if you want me to keep going, I'll keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to be close to the end. So you would think you would think. <laughs> um, all right. I, and I'm sorry if I tick people off when I say this, but the scene between the two Picards, Renee and John Luke to me was not believable. And I'll tell you why. Not that I think the actors did a bad job or whatever, but I think it was very unrealistic that in the span of three or four minutes that Jean-Luc Picard could convince her, I'm good. I'm ready to get back on that shuttle with how they're, they're building up this story of, you know, her with all her issues and her mental illnesses and anxiety and how she is at this party. And all of a sudden this stranger who she doesn't even know can just have this three minute back alley conversation with her. And she's all of a sudden she's good. I'm good. My therapist is telling me one thing. I just think that that was not believable to me. It would have made more sense to kind of like build up their relationship over a course of a couple episodes, somehow 
you know, give it a little bit more substance just for her to like a light switch, be all of a sudden all set and ready to take this guy into space. All right. Rebuttal. Johnson and Johnson and I had this very discussion, Jamie, and uh, I, I do see what you're saying. I think one of the things from an earlier episode that I picked up on was that Talon has said that she's always able to kind of recover and, and get back on the horse. And so, you know, Renee is a very resilient woman. And I think the pressure of being in that hugely social environment, having the failures of the previous day on the simulator, uh, all of that, uh, you know, having Q, her therapist, you know, poking these doubts into her, I think that what we're missing here is that Renee is a extremely resilient person and to hear um, what I would consider like grandfatherly advice from a very trusting looking person, a soul, you know, so, a soul connection that you, you know, mm -hmm. you could say between the two Picards um, that he was able to not, it's not the words that I think, I, I think, well, some of the words, definitely. I think fear is fear is, you know, is one of the things that he says to her. What else did I write down? Um, you know, you understand the risks. And I think that mm -hmm. um, that reminded her of of everything. Like, she's been a test pilot. She's not going to, you know, I think I think it was just a lot of, a lot of little things that piled up. But she, if anyone who's a test pilot... I mean, they've endured some of the most stressful times in order to be a test pilot. And I think that just understanding that, you know, so having someone else tell her that the fear is is a, just a check, it's a sign of an intelligent person versus, you know, fear telling you something. I, I think that, you know, he said that fear doesn't, doesn't have a hidden agenda. You know, it's just a reminder that you understand the risks. And I think that, that that's enough to get her back on course. I mean, she's already there. She's already committed to this program. I think any time that any, any of us have started a new job or done something new and different, we have these doubts. And um, I think over time, you know, you work through those doubts in any new position. And I think for, for, for Renee, hearing the reminder from Picard that she's resilient, that fear is just a just an imagining of your mind because of the risks and, and kind of going from there. Um, he also, you know, the other thing too, is he just reminds her about the light. And I think that that was really important. Um, you know, you get into a place of where fear surrounds you and it feels dark, but you know that there's this light that, uh, and, and for her, maybe it was, you know, Jean-Luc talking to her, maybe he was the light and just, you know, drawing her towards him in a sense, towards the light and reminding her about the light uh, was enough to pull her out of this. So I, I think that, well, I understand, you know, yeah, it's hard to talk her out of this. She's already at the, the gala. It's, it's, you know, she's hours away from going into quarantine. She is having some doubts, but I think that you know, ultimately she was never going to really back out. Although Q was trying his best to make, make it happen. So I, th that's sort of my take. I, I don't think that Picard is some magician, but I think he, he does give her just a different perspective. He doesn't even nudge her. You know, he doesn't even say, you know, he doesn't even nudge her in a way. He just, 
says a few wise words that kind of remind her of herself and her North star and the, and the fact that there's light in the darkness and to just to keep moving towards the light. So I think that that's, that's kind of where, where it comes from that, that sort of transformation that we see. Yeah. That's what I saw. I agree with you, Mike. I, I do. Yeah. So beyond this being my absolute favorite part of the episode. Yeah. Same, uh, same. I have, I have a rebuttal for Jamie um, and it's going to hit him right in his sweet spot. Oh um, boy. All right. So you have a hard time believing that with just a few minutes, Picard could get her turned around so that she could go off and do what she needs to do. Um, a few minutes to get a task accomplished that he needs to get done. I have two words for you. Admiral Satie, the drumhead. few minutes. He made her look like a raving lunatic and she was out the door. Oh, I listen. I, I agree with you. I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you on that point. Um, but I think by that point, you know, Admiral Sati was that, that was what she was. Be, people mm-hmm. were seeing that this is a, this is. And, and once again, that was somebody that he had a relationship with. People knew that Picard and Sat, you know, he had a respect for Sati and there was a relationship there. This is a, a total stranger to her. She doesn't know who this person is. She's she, clearly she's drunk, right? She's been drinking all night. So she's, she's got that influence as well. Um, well and, that's what and made just, it easier to take that, to take but, those but words. I, but you can't tell me that throughout her whole training she hasn't you know like they, they showed that yep. one of the other astronauts there or the or the person who's leading the mission you can't tell me that she's gone to him and and voiced some of her concerns and he's kind of you know hasn't been that sort of light well tower for her, you know or- so so see here's here's something that um talon said about her uh when she makes the comment about her uh what is this? She said she like pulls on her earlobes when she's starting yeah, to have ear. a problem. Yeah. Um, she also said that, and this is true, I think, for anyone who goes through depression, anxiety, whatever, you get good at putting on an act for people. And she she made that comment about her. You know, Renee has gotten good at putting on an act. So you're right, it's probably not something that the commander or others have seen to this extent. They know there's something there, obviously. Well, maybe not though, because we talked about this last week. The um, the therapist sessions are required for somebody getting ready to go into space to make sure that their mental outlook is where it needs to be before they're going up. Um, so, I mean, may- maybe none of these people know the intimate side of her. Well, I was going to say too, kind of, it's actually kind of defending your point too, is we don't know. I know you kind of alluded to that Q is her therapist, but that might've just been one session. I mean, in in a lot of situations, a psych test could just be one counseling session with a therapist. There's no evidence to say that she's been going to Q for six months or three months or whatever. It it may just be. She's been texting him though. She's texting with Mm. him. Remember during earlier, during this episode. So it's an ongoing, it's at least a slightly ongoing 
but it may be ongoing since that one appointment we we don't know it could be yeah yeah you're right yeah we we don't know maybe that you know maybe they had the appointment and that's where q's stepping in going here's my number i want to keep in touch with you i want to you know help you you know or help guide you through your you know your issues that you're having we we don't know um but yeah hopefully it's not the same number from the business card yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i like i said i i just think like with the amount of time that this episode was you could have developed that fleshed it further. out a whole lot you could have fleshed yep. it out like you could have really you know given him that like you mentioned that that sati moment you know i i just think there just wasn't enough there for me to just all of a sudden be convinced that you know and, and even i i go to the fact of picard put you know puts his life on the line to save her to me that that would be something if i were to see that if i was her that would put me in a different state of mind too is somebody trying to kill me like should I even get on this mission? And, and I mean, they kind of just brush that aside. Like, you know, the rest of the crew, nobody's watching what she's doing after she just watched this man who convinced her to go on this, this mission almost get killed. Nobody's with her. They just leave her. And, and th- there's dialogue where they're, they're basically sitting there saying, Oh, she's good. She's all set. She's fine. How do you know? You guys are all in a hospital with Picard. It's, yeah, it's there's like, that huge gap there between the like when he gets run over and the next scene where they're in Teresa's, you know, clinic. And there, you're right, there is that whole big gap of like what happened. It is and like you can't tell me that that's not making her second guess once again what she's doing. Like I, I, I just feel like this. There's just huge gaps in this episode that just they just did not. They, it, it's not coherent. It just, it's not fleshed out the way it should have been. They're on the cutting room floor. That's where they're probably, are. Those, probably. Those gaps are they, are. they'll be on the, I mean, room. I hope so. Not, not, <laughs> I hope that it's, that it's on the cutting room floor, but I also am not really super thrilled with the, the writing of this episode, you know, to have these huge gaps, you know, again, mm-hmm. I don't really like the trope of the, the countdown and, and all of that. And, well, and yeah. l- let me let me say to go along with what that, Mike. Um, I think some of the editing, because uh, I I haven't heard a number of specifics about the editing and deleted scenes and whatnot. Um, but I was talking to Jamie beforehand. I did hear that there is a deleted scene, whether it makes a Blu-ray or not. Uh, you know, maybe it was just something that was in the script. I don't know about how the spotlight came on Girardi from nowhere um, because it was a lot of, there was a lot of comments on Twitter about it. And I want to say it was Dave Blass, uh, the production designer uh, made a comment. Uh, yeah. There, there was supposed to be a scene about that. So I don't know if it's something that was filmed and then just got edited out uh, if it was something that was in the script and they just never filmed it, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, going along with your point, I kind of feel like because of how they were trying to make it a real-time episode, uh, a 24-style thing, I think that's where 
these gaps and these holes are coming in because they were trying to follow it so closely. It kind of feels like they might have lost track of integral parts that needed to go in. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, there was ahead, a, sorry. even though I'm just taking it off in another direction, there was a huge Easter egg that nobody has brought up. And, but I know some people know it. Bring it to when, us. When he said to her, he said, I come to fetch you. Okay. Dr. Jameson wants all the astronauts on the stage. Oh. Dr. Jameson is Dr. May Jameson. The That's first what I was black just going to say. Yeah. First black nice. woman astronaut. I didn't catch that. That's awesome. Yeah, I did. I'm like, oh, they did Dr. Awesome. Jameson. Yeah. Awesome. So when she got up and she put her arm they, and they left, I'm like, oh, that was so nice. I love so, that. And then the I next thing you see them walking in the mask, yep. it yep. goes mad. There's some Easter eggs in this one, too. You, you, besides that, you got the um, Nomad was in, pictured in the background. I don't know if anybody mm -hmm. saw that. Yep. Um, the OV-165 from the Enterprise intro. Yep. Yeah, yep. did that seem that seems a little too early to be in this timeline, but you know, it, it okay. Does. And, and you know, I'm I'm having a hard time remembering the conversations surrounding it. I can't remember if she said it's something that she's looked forward to seeing happen in her lifetime, or if she's saying it's something that has already happened in her lifetime. No, she calls it the spark or spark fire or something. So she she's flown it. Yeah, she's okay. flown it. Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. she she's she, yeah because of the engines. She said that something about the engines and how they the spike. She calls it spike. spike. Oh, maybe yeah. spike. You're right. Yeah, not spark. Spike. Spike. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, we see all the you know going back to assignment Earth. You know that whatever that mm -hmm. device that. That's got to be the most powerful device in neural optic <laughs> interceptor, whatever it is. Yeah. Thing can do anything. Um, so have we have we satisfied your negative list, Jamie? Or is no, this not yet. Like, I'm, I'm, try I'm, I'm trying to be positive right now. I, I, I know you are. I, I'm, uh, I'm going on another. So I, I like that they keep kind of going back to sitting on the edge of the, edge of forever um, in this season of Picard too. And what I and and what I say that is I'm kind of going the the opposite we see Picard step in front of the, the car to save Renee Picard. If we think about sitting on the edge of forever, that's the exact opposite of what Kirk did. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Kirk stopped mm -hmm. himself from her being safe. So I like how we kind of keep, you know, reusing some of these, the, these things that we see in original series episodes. I love how they're kind of really kind of throwing them in, um, you know, into the season of Picard. So I, I guess I'm trying to come up with positive. Yeah. Things. I don't want to be I, all negative. I think it's, I think it's cool how they've done a good job of weaving in a lot of the points. I, I want to say they've really tried to hit on every prior episode of Trek that has ventured to the 20th or 21st century they've weaved into this storyline somehow. Um, there was a very brief mention of, uh, is it beginnings end the two parter from Voyager when they went to 1996 uh, with Ed Bigley jr. 
I, I can't remember the name of the episode, but his his uh, character was named on a on a paper somewhere in the in the episode. Um, you know, we see the Jackson Roy Kirk reference, the Nomad reference. Um, now, City on the Edge of Forever, like you said, there's been a number of Easter eggs for that one uh, with the 20, uh, 20, 21st Street Missionary. Um, uh, you know, j- just a number of number of different things. We've seen the Sanctuary Districts from past tense. Uh, there's been tons of Voyage Home references. There's been First Contact references, even though it's something that happens like 30 years after these events, you know, there's been some callback there as well. So I, I got to give them some credit there. They've weaved all of that again into the story where it's not taking over, but you're picking up on these little threads here and there. I mean, I did love the, I don't know when the way that Frakes filmed the bow at the end of the song, I thought was really well done. And and she (laughs) bows down and the board queen pops up. But I noticed on the second list of watching that there's music from First Contact underneath that, which I thought was just brilliantly done, the the Borg kind of theme music. So that was really cool to see. Um, Can we just talk about how oblivious everyone is to what is going on with Girardi and how no one has put this together yet? Um, You know, Picard hears... Girardi say, if you don't shut up, I will find a way to destroy you. Like, why doesn't that right. set off some alarms in his head? You know, uh, the same with uh, Rios when he goes over and talks to her. Plus, she's over there talking to herself. Like, it's, uh, like all of these yeah. clues, I just, you know, like at any other party, if it wasn't so so sold to us that this was such a secure party and Jamie, I'm right on board with the, the security lapses here. I mean, seriously, this is like the worst security job ever yet. They, I guess they don't care once you get in, once they scan your badge and you're okay, like free except. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many issues with that, but yeah, I just, I, it's really frustrating that no one has picked up on Girardi's changes. Um, and that kind of distraction, I mean, like, why wouldn't Rafi and Seven be like, what the hell is going on here? Like, where is this coming from? You know? Oh, my God, Mike, uh, like, you are totally on the same wavelength as me because I'm. this was going to be another one of my points was here's this girl who's already emotionally unstable, Girardi, right? She just killed the Borg Queen. She's got blood all over her snots i don't know there was like some other clear substance on her who knows right she's a wreck and it's like nobody deals with that they literally are like picard's like okay gerardi go get us into this party upload our it's i mean and this is the same girl that killed he did that in season one though well i know that but it's like this Mm. is the same girl that killed her boyfriend and it was like Okay, she, you know, I get it. She was under Romulan mind control, but it's like, come on. <laughs> you know, it's like, she's not okay. It, to your point, yeah. she's not okay. How are we just like, and, and I feel like, you know, I feel like the writers and the, the showrunners are just saying like, 
man, Allison Pill is just firing on all cylinders. We got to get her in every scene we can this season because she's just killing it. She's killing it with this board queen. And it's like, to your point, it, it, they're just leaving these obvious, obvious plot holes, uh, you know, wide open. Yeah, I mean, that's that was my, my another big problem for me. Uh, but one thing I really did like was before the whole security piece was the the sh- I don't know if it's a showdown, but a run in between Picard and Adam Sung like that gave me creepy vibes. Fran, I totally, totally understand what you're saying. Like it, it, it's, you know, I, I'm trying to be in Picard's head when he sees Adam Sung and like, just kind of starts to process that. Like, like, what are you doing here? Like, you know, having had such a relationship with, with all of the songs and interactions with them, uh, just to have that thrown out and that, and then this very like, serious i don't know like just almost like deadly conversation about you know you don't know q like you can't possibly know this and 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 it's just you you start to see this this mad scientist kind of this is this is where at the end of the episode fran like when Corey starts looking through all of the the files and everything and she sees all the mad scientists i'm like he really he has quickly devolved into that whether we knew it or not he has like over the course of this 38 minute episode from the end of last episode where we see q giving him the stuff and asking a favor of him he is seriously devolved and this is someone who has like serious like narcissistic uh psychopathic Mm. tendencies that q is just totally feeding off of and and this comes out really quickly um so you know but but the 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 actual showdown the run-in between you know uh jean-luc and and adam is just so palpable it's like Mm -hmm. you know if, if we if 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 we could swear on this this episode we i you know of you know like Mm -hmm. oh my like that would be like things just took another turn um for the worse i feel and uh but that was a really powerful kind of scene that i thought was there also i just want to go back to the very beginning because i think it's a it's a touching little scene before we all think that talon you know is kind of out of touch with 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 her mission and with renee she does pick up on, you know, Picard calling her Laris again, and then saying that, you know, yeah. the way that he, the way the he does this funny little thing when he mentioned when he says her name, and I thought that that was really like it's a good like tie back to this whole like we're uh, like everyone's trying to get back to twenty four oh one and reset the timeline. He's trying to get back to twenty four oh one basically to find Laris mm-hmm. and. Um, He's this hitting was on a her nice Laris. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, it's but also, you know, in he he so quickly dismisses it, which it seems oddly out of character for him. But she picks up on the fact that he's lying. So yeah, really. Um, but I, I actually thought what he said, oh, uh, something about little importance or whatever. Uh, I thought that was kind of trite and kind of not very Picard like. So I felt like there was some real some inconsistencies with the 
with Picard as a character in this episode, just between all these little things um, that just kind of stood out to me. I mean, those are, those are sort of, uh, yeah, those are my few other points. I think Fran, what do you bring some, bring some sunshine to, to this episode? <laughs> well, you know, I, I saw several things when he, when he did that, you know, Patrick Stewart, he's just, you know, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic actor. And his face just says everything to me, you know, like, um, you know, when she said to him, um, yeah, now I can tell when you're lying. And she turns around and his face is like, oh, my gosh, yeah, she got me. You know, his, I, I, I love his, and I guess everybody does, his acting because he, he's great at what he does. And I like that exchange between, I would have liked to have heard him call her Lara. So they, mm-hmm. they, I don't know if they filmed that or not. I would have, I, I would have liked to sing that moment. It was probably a deleted he, scene. That yeah. Edited out. You know, that was edited out. For time. Yeah. Yeah. For 38 minutes. <laughs> and <laughs> for 38 minutes. But I just saw him as being like this sage captain, you know, captain, captain, sage and giving everybody you know pep talks like he told her you know maybe you know you've done a good job let her go let her do what she needs to do you know which you know sometimes you don't want to um let go and maybe last didn't uh uh i can't think of a name but she didn't want to let go and he kind of had to nudge her in that way let her go you've done a great job she's she's ready to go now and then, and I, and I just love his interaction with with uh, Renee, and I like the way that they all look alike to me. You know, his mother, the little boy—I know he was supposed to be him. Renee, they all look alike to me. Am I saying this right? Because you know, I. I yeah, you are. Okay, it, they it's all a good, look alike. It's a very good know, job in casting. Yeah, in casting. Yeah, they they all look alike and. And 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 sound alike, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. So I like that he could, you know, go here, go there. Um, but the the interaction between him, him and uh, soon grated my nerves. It just really grated my nerves. And I, and mm-hmm. this is nothing against uh, Brent Spiner because I think he's a great actor also. But it was just boom. He just showed up when he just you know he's walking in and this and here's another data. Only mm-hmm. older and softer, and you know, I, I felt like it was lore. Like I felt like literally lore yeah, had come. Yeah, and walked remember, in front. yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you know. And, and and it was it was like oh, and and the bot. I, I keep looking at that body language where he he backed up, you know, because he he's not normally a backup person. He normally stands his ground. Mm-hmm. He didn't stand his ground with the bad guy, you know. Yeah. So um, and. Yeah, it, it was it was a little tropey and all that, but I like the way he talked to people. I like the, the advice because you know, guys, I'm in my mid sixties, and people actually listen to me when I talk. You know, the, the job. You know, like I, I had a cousin tell me. You know, I told her something a few years ago, and she told me, "You told me to do dot 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 dot." She said, "That's what I've been doing." You know, so when you get when you get to be older. And you pick up this wisdom and experience, you can give it to people. Cause I have, I have, I've given it to people because I work with, I've 
I work, my job is, is that I work with people with cognitive issues and, I, and you have to be good at it. To order. And I've done just what, what he's done to people. I've done that to other recovering addicts, you know, and they like, you know, and I had people come back and tell me years later, you know, you really helped me. You said such and such. And I said, you know, and that feels good. And I remember maybe having one or two conversations with these people, you know, but I could, I got through to them at a time that they needed to be talked to, talked down, talked up. And if it felt good when they came back to me years later, said, you know, friend, you remember, you know, and you said, and you did, and, you know, like, okay, thank you. You know, I'm glad that, you know, our talk works. So I think that conversation with her was plausible. I do. I really do. Because I've experienced that. So, yeah. But, and one more thing when I, when I, and I know I'm going off of the card now, but I had an, uh, when Raffi, because he did that to Raffi, I thought that was really cruel when she was so drunk in season one and he had her, you know, get them on that Rodman stuff. I'm like, does he, don't he know she really needs help? You know, that she's almost drunk off her feet, literally. And he's, you know, getting her to do this. And then they clap. And I'm like, oh, gosh. But um, so he, he, he he's going to get what he wants, basically. But there was another thing that was when she was at the bar and she saw the liquor, you know, and 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 I, I kind of I had an experience like that myself. And I'm like, oh, oh. And I like that they put that in there. Another thing I like that they did was, you know, when somebody close to you passes away, it seems as though you see them everywhere or you see somebody that looks like them, you know, and I'm like, oh. They're doing that too. See, these are the things that I really, the things that I picked up on in this episode, you know, because I, I guess because they were relatable. I was, it was relatable to me. Yeah. So I, I really like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was just going to agree with what you're saying. Uh, just, it was nice to see, nice in a way that you can see the love that she had for him. Uh, still sad in a way that, with everything that's going on, she still has to struggle with that feeling as well. Uh, but the other point that I liked about Rafi here too, is uh, from that same scene when she's standing at the bar with Rios and she's gotten her club soda, very good for her. Um, she turns around and they're observing seven and she makes the comment about how nice it is to see seven happy. Uh, that this isn't something that she's used to seeing. I thought that was a nice um, um, observation that was made there uh, by her and the little back and forth between her and Rios about it was really mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, it was, it was. And they, I think, because if I go back to season one, Picard should have woke up on a bio bed when, when you know, he got uh, tossed around up on the roof and stuff. I'm like, this guy is 90 years old. Why, how is he still alive and at home? So they did the same disconnect with, with that as they did with him on the roof. So, like, okay, wait a minute. Something is missing here. So I, I, I got that. I got that part. I was really baffled by that, too. So I agree with you, Jamie, about that. About I agree with all of you with that disconnect with um him getting hit by the car and and um 
Renee just disappears. I do think the one other thing that interested me from this, um, and I think it's going to continue to play through the rest of this season, is um, Rios romanticizing the 21st century. And it's and it's different things, you know, real cigars, real liquor, uh, matches, uh, you know, things like that. Um, I'm wondering how far it's going to go since we already see this little connection that he has with Teresa. Or Teresa. Teresa, yeah. Mm -hmm. So is, is that a prediction? No. I just, oh, okay. I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting just to see how it plays out. I know Jamie has a prediction regarding that. Uh, and there's no way that I'm going to step on his toes with that one. Okay. <laughs> so has that fulfilled everybody's key point quota? Or, uh, oh my God. How can you still have, I'll, I'll just do one more. Like, like, like every, quick like one. everything in my list has been touched on even through the lens of the negativity. <laughs> well, I, and, and Mike, I think, I'm not sure if it was Mike Thurlow, but I think you kind of touched on this, but my last, my last negative thing, I have other ones, but I'm just going to, I'm going to stop at this one. I think it was way too easy for Corey to find all her dad's work in pictures and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I just like, she just literally walks onto his, and it's all sitting on his mm -hmm. desktop. Like, well, we know nothing about her too. So like, we don't know, like you know what her involvement with any of his work like if he helps her out with stuff at all so you're right uh, to all of us it just seems like oh it's this kid walking into her dad's office and accessing all of his classified files but it's like they weren't even like secure like there was and, and once again i i get it that they have to move the plot along and and that's a big reveal right that's the re that's we're all we were all sitting here you know, last week going, what is Corey? Is she real? Is she an Android? Is she a genetic experiment? So, you know, the writers knew that and they, they, they were going to have to have some sort of reveal. I, I just thought it was once again, it took me out of the moment with this episode where it's like, she just goes out to the computer and all right, I'm going to search Google. And then I, he's got all the pictures and videos right on his desktop. And I'm just going to start clicking through them. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Getting to see the Fansets team in person for the second time in under a year at Mission, at Mission Chicago was fantastic. Uh, there was virtually never a time that there wasn't a huge group at their table, and why not? It's not just Star Trek that they offer, as they have something for many different types of fandoms, including Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. Speaking of Mission Chicago, there were some awesome new releases that are now available on the Fansets website. You can pick up all three of the special Mission Chicago pins, including the beautiful large Enterprise D glitter pin. 
Also, if you love that Wrath of Khan Delta badge that was released earlier, you'll love to pair it with that own with your own Admiral rank pin that's now available on the website. And there's also something that we've been waiting for for a long time. I know I've seen previews of it at different moments, but the first in the Master Ships collection, the XL Enterprise A, and what an unbelievable collector's piece um, this is with multiple magnets, multiple different ways that you can display this. Um, It's so gorgeous. Even has the plaque, the dedication plaque on there as well. So this is quite a piece that um, is awesome as Mike Thurlow is holding it up for me to see. Um, So please check them out on the website. Go down to fansets.com. Put a whole bunch of pins and other accessories in your cart. Definitely put that pin in your cart. It's amazing. And as a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using the code TrekGeeks at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders of $30 or more. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we want to thank Fansense for once again being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Now we transition into the message of this episode. And uh, typically I'll let you guys go first on everything and I will throw my little bits and pieces in here and there, but uh, I felt really strongly about this one. Um, I've already mentioned that my favorite part of the episode was uh, Picard and Picard talking to each other there. Um, and that speech that uh, Jean-Luc gave, uh, we, we mentioned a few parts from it before. Fear is fear. It doesn't speak in riddles. It means you understand the risks. Um, the world that we live in today, forget about what's happening in the world, but it feels like there are more and more people that have problems with anxiety, that have problems with depression, like on a grander scale than we've ever seen before. And maybe some of that is because the stigma of that is no longer present, that people feel more comfortable talking about what their issues are and wanting to get the help that they need for it. But uh, listening to uh, Picard's speech, uh, the way that Patrick Stewart delivered it, uh, it feels like that it's something that we all need to hear. What if even if we don't have an anxiety disorder or problems with uh, depression, uh, just that you know it's natural to have fear, and it means that you understand that there's risks involved, and then you know how do you handle yourself once you understand uh, the issue at hand? How do you move forward? Um, and I I can't get any deeper than that um, because. I think I'd have to go down too deep of a rabbit hole too, but you know, that is what uh, that's what stood out to me as being uh, the message for all of us. Fran. Yeah. I, I, I had said it first um, uh, mental health. That's my takeaway from this, from this, um, this episode. 
not the only thing, but the main thing, you know, and somebody can actually talk you down, you know, and, and I did mention, I've, I've done that over the years with people and, and, you know, recovering people, people with autism, you know, I've, I've had to deal with people with emotional and mental uh, issues. So, and that's why I like the episode because it's bold. It's bold. You know, we 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 weren't too bold about uh, mental health issues. We, we weren't, and you know, as we know, this lockdown, this COVID thing, just did a number on people. You know, just really did a number on people. And um, so, uh, you know, and and I think we're still going through. You know, the fear, the fear of, well, at least I am. Is this ever going to end? You know, are we ever going to get back to? I hate to even say it and do the air things normal. Are we ever going to get back to that? But there's going to, I think there's going to be a new normal, but the fear is still there. So um, I like, I like the episode. So I like like the word, I I like the word that you used for bold in in how it, in how it portrayed that. I, I think that's a, I think that's a good word for it. Mike. So one of the things that I really liked about this episode uh, that Fran called out and I I'd kind of forgotten about it or hadn't pieced it together until Fran brought it up, but the idea that um, Rafi is still grieving and that grief isn't something that you just get over and go back to work and, and, and just move forward. It's uh, ongoing and, and granted, you know, in, in the timeline of this episode, it's only been a couple of days at most since Elnor was killed. And I, I like that. And, and obviously Picard does this much better than previous iterations. You see the carryover of something that's happened in a previous episode, actually continuing to be an impact on the character as they move forward. And I think this is a great reminder that we don't know what other people are going through and that we should check in at, with one another. And I, I, I see that Rios and, and Rafi are kind of doing that with one another. And I really appreciated that. Um, but I also appreciated the fact that it's a reminder that Rafi is still dealing with this and, and yet she's doing her job. You know, she's, she's focused on fixing the future and, you know, the people that have to go back to their jobs after grieving and, and losing a loved one, is is a significant burden and i think that we we need to keep in mind that we don't know what other people are going through or how long it takes to deal with with something when it comes to grieving so i I like that that is a part of this episode and continues to be a part of picard overall yeah i think we i think you're right mike i think we underestimate what people are going through and unfortunately the the amount of time that we get to grieve at least on a occupational level is just not enough and you know it makes sense we need we do need to provide for ourselves but it, you're right it's it's tough for people when they're when they're dealing with something like that yeah i mean i and i just thought of this i have a friend who who i work with who in the last year 
has had four people who are significant in her life pass away, uh, including her grandmother who basically raised her. So, um, you know, it's, I've gotten to see both sides of that because, you know, we both report to the same person and I've seen how, how that, you know, the responsibility of doing your job, it also, and being expected to do your job, but also realizing just how much tra trauma that is, uh, is pretty significant. And, uh, so, you know, I can see, I've seen the real world, world application of this and my coworker continues to do her job and, um, did continue to do her job through all of this, but it was tough. And uh, I think that, you know, some empathy and compassion around uh, mm. people who are grieving and, and coming out of COVID, I mean, there are, gosh, I don't even know what the number is at this point. Uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people passed away over the last two years from COVID. And, um, you know, we don't know what other, we don't know how that is impacting all of the people and including their mental health, which I, you know, to shout, shout out back to what Fran says about, you know, the importance of mental, you know, talking about mental health. Uh, so I think that this is really uh, an impactful piece. I like this theme that they're weaving through and uh, I like, like how they're touching on this very lightly, but, but also very, very boldly. And the good, the good thing that you mentioned too, Mike, is how um, they're continuing the character development thread, which is something that we've been promised for our next show, Strange New Worlds, that even though it's going to be episodic in nature, so, you know, the, whatever the problem of the day is, will be resolved at the end of the day. Our characters aren't going to forget what's happened, like in previous iterations of Trek you know, what they've dealt with in the past and what they're dealing with during this series is going to impact how they grow going forward. So that's a step in the right direction, I think, for all of us, because, you know, it's hard it's hard to watch Worf break his back and be paralyzed and next week be, uh, you know, on the planet or on the holodeck, you know, beating up his, uh, his exercise people. So, <laughs> and since we... Uh, let him uh, run ragged over the over the second section of the show. Jamie goes last. I knew that was going to happen. Um, obviously, you know, you guys touched on a lot of the points that you know similar points that I was going to make. Um, but I, I, I do want to say that I really think, and this is a positive thing of this episode is you know once again we're seeing in this season of Picard how deep um, the the creators the showrunners are willing to push our characters. Um, and we really see it kind of personified in this episode um, and, and using that, that backdrop of, you know, emotional issues and mental issues and, and challenges. Um, they're really putting a lot of stress on our characters to see how they're going to react and how they're going to handle these challenges and these stresses. We think of Rafi, you know, dealing, like you mentioned, Mike, the loss of Elnor, it still is a fresh wound in her. And then how is she going to react to that when she's put in a situation, a social situation where she's at a bar and where substance abuse is a problem for her? Is she going to turn to that or is she going to stay strong and kind of steer the course um, and try to overcome some of her demons? Right. 
we're starting to see this family, the Picard family, how there's a history now. And I think we're going to see it even more when we get into the next, you know, the next few episodes with Picard's mother, that there, there looks like there's a history of mental illness in the Picard family that, you know, when we were watching TNG, we never thought was, was apparent, but this show is starting to kind of bring that to light that, you know, there's more to these characters and there's more to Picard than where we're leading on, but he's in a family that is, is dealing with emotional and, and mental issues. Um, we see Adam soon and the depths that he's willing to go. Right. Cause we, we were all kind of alluding to it in the last episode that, you know, he's, he'll, he kind of will almost do anything we think, but now in this episode, we see how far he's willing to go. And yet, even after he does what he does, you know, he comes home is he's still dealing with his own emotional, his own mental demons as well. Like he still doesn't feel happy about what he's doing and what he's going about with. And, and then that, that even translates into Corey as Corey is trying to figure out and search who she is. So, so we see that these characters are just, they're being put under so much emotional stress and, and we're, we're just really starting to see the depths of these characters. So I like how this episode kind of really kind of dug deep and really kind of exposed our characters to us. Starfleet command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike medal of honor. So I know it's, it's tough to, uh, realize this but i think we all did have positives that came out of this episode so here's where we bring them out in the awards round so mike why don't you take the lead on this one who who did you give your awards to this week i just have two awards this week uh the first award goes to brent spiner i mean i think uh that scene with uh with him and and picard and then just the devolving so rapidly of of his mental stability and and how uh how you know how he brings that out in, in his performance is just amazing the other piece of this episode you know when when Corey is looking at all those videos like he had to do a lot of videos and a lot of you know different looks that would show over time um so my second award is related to that it, it goes to the makeup and the hair team for Picard because they did an amazing job in believing and me believing and seeing Adam sung through time uh, as part of this episode. So those are my two big call outs for the really stand out um, this week. Can I say uh, we touched on this a little bit when we talked about Spiner's portrayal in this episode. Uh, I know you all mentioned, um, it reminded you of lore. I'm going to, I'm going to go even further off base with this one. I, I was thinking Louise Fletcher as Kai Wynn. She was a fantastic performer in the role that she had to do so much so that we hated Kai Wynn. I mean, we just, uh, the, our, the depths of our hate for her, were unbounded and that just goes to show you know how good of an actress she was um, and it kind of goes along with this here too yeah i totally agree that that hate for kai win is definitely palpable and uh the disturbing nature of adam sung mm. is uh also riveting on that same kind of level and, and 
and this whole character development of Adam Sung and I, you know, going back to that, you know, second episode, seeing his statue or his holographic statue, like how can this madman be that person in the future? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, but anyway, a a huge shout out to Brent Spiner this week. He he did an amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing job. All right, Jamie, I guess I'll let you go next. Well, try, I try I, not to try not to take up the whole segment. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. Um, I uh, th- thoroughly agree with you, Mike, um, that Brent Spiner deserves a shout out this season. Um, but my two awards, <clears throat> I'm going to go with the band for being able to play shadows of the night without rehearsing. And then I'm going to go with the spotlight operator for being able to run the spotlight without any power. Those are my two awards this week. Oh my gosh! All, all of us oh, are man. choking to death right now. Just choking. Oh, I, I am so happy that I had muted my microphone for that because I was slapping the desk and slapping my hands. All right. I, Tell sure us how you sure. really feel, Jamie. I mean, I think you, you've been you've been really uh, coy about your feelings about this episode. Uh, you need to really work on that for future episodes. We need that, you that to be a little band, bit more. That jazz band killed it, man. So don't hate on the jazz band. <laughs> and I mean, how how do you do the spotlight without power? I mean, that's that spotlight person. Fantastic. I don't care who it is. Fantastic. Fran, I think you have to have a conversation with Jamie and get him in the right frame of mind here. <laughs> All right. What, what, what are you awarding this week? The friendship, the continuing friendship between Rafi and, uh, oh my gosh, the, the hot guy. What's, oh, I said to call him the hot guy. But, um, that's great. Reels. <laughs> why? Why not? Why not call him the hot guy? I, I mean, know, that's he's totally so fine. Hot. He's so yeah. He, he, he's hey, really close. He's hot. It is. It is acceptable because we have. We've all talked about how stunning Allison Pill has been in that dress. Okay. So I think. Okay. I, I think socially, you are allowed a, to, okay. to call him the hot guy. <laughs> With between Rios and and Raffi. Because, you know, we knew that they were friends from season one and their, you know, their, their, their rapport at the bar, their interaction at the bar. It was just fantastic. I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. I'm like, oh, and I was like sitting there smiling because those two were at each other again in a good way. You know, she's like, calm down. Wait, hold up. You know, you're from two different centuries. It's not going to work. He's like, oh, bathroom. <laughs> so, um, and the food, he's just, you know. But um, that conversation between them two and her, um, also, because I think she's a great actor too, her, um, her grief with seeing, she's seeing Elnor everywhere, like we do. You know, like, so, you know, oh, that looks like so-and-so. Oh, that looks, you know. So those things with Rafi. And, of course, I got to mention Dr. Mae Jameson again. You know, Dr. Jameson, and they spelled it right on the, because I I look at everything with closed captions now. I can hear, but, you know. And it's like, oh, 
Dr. May Jameson. Good for Does you for picking that up. That, yeah, that's I great. I I, I, I I totally did not even hear that. And <laughs> I didn't, I didn't watch this with, uh, with the closed captions. So I missed that. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. That's great. So is that, is that all you have, or do you have one more? Uh, no, those are, those are the two um, okay. things. I just, you know, I, but I've already said, I've had conversations like he had with her and kind of what people back from the brink. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's entirely possible. And I know it because they came back to me, as I said, years later and said, you know, you said, and you know what? Sometimes I remember them and sometimes I didn't. So it is possible. Because mm. I've been I've I've been clean for 33 years. So, nice. Yeah, thank you. Very nice. So, yeah. So it's uh I love, you know, that was it. That's it. Well, I'm gonna hit on the scene that uh, you and I adored, Fran, and um I can't remember if Mike did or not, uh, but m- I only have two awards this week as well. Uh, and they go to Penelope, Penelope Mitchell, who played Renee. And of course, Papa Captain Patrick Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the play between the two of them and that scene. And I mean, Penelope Mitchell does a really good job in this episode with the characteristics of someone who is going through something, um, you know, the nervousness, the, uh, the burying of shots during the night, um, putting the facade on when she goes for the picture with the rest of the crew, and then, you know, completely losing it in the end where she just has to escape the party. Um, phenomenal job by her, uh, and then Patrick Stewart, just with his delivery of the lines in that scene in and talking to her. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't say enough good things about that scene um, because I just, I love it. I, I, I can't say more. <laughs> Library computer data being received. Now the moment you've all been waiting for where we get crazy with our predictions. So let me just before anybody else starts with their things say, I feel vindicated because end of episode one, beginning of episode two, I said, Gerardi is going to be that board queen that we saw on the, on the ship. And it does seem that that's where this is going. So you know what? I'm going to take any victory I can get and I'm going to do a victory lap on it. So there we go. That's my victory lap. <laughs> uh, let's see. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to go first here because mine isn't anything big. It's the most obvious thing that stands out to all of us. Uh we're finally going to find out what this whole thing is that we've been seeing with Picard's mother in these little flashbacks. We're going to find out what's happening. Um, I don't know what it is, uh, but we're going to find out. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how it all plays out. But I, you know, I think that's I think that's the low hanging fruit, and I was just going to grab it for all it was worth. Uh, 
Uh, Fran, any predictions going forward? Um, I think um, we're gonna they're gonna explore more, like you just said, with his mom and what's going on. Because you, you uh, it was hinted that you know, it seems like this um, muscle stuff is generational. It runs in the family, which is true to life. So, yeah, um, I think that's gonna be next. Well, not immediate. Well, yeah. I think they're going, we're going to see just what's what, you know, because mm-hmm. we've seen the previews of her getting dragged and, yep. you know, doing all this. Like, what the world is going on here? So we'll see. We'll mm-hmm. see what's up. That's all I can, I, I got. Okay. Jamie? I got two. <clears throat> so we just recently. Uh, how, so how many of those are Mike's ideas? <laughs> just, just one okay so we saw okay so I, i'm gonna go with i know you were kind of alluding to it but i'm i'm gonna go rios is staying behind um I, I, i'm in I, i'm full in on that you know and, and they're just they're kind of leaving us breadcrumbs throughout this entire season all right he loves matches he loves the cigars he loves the food he's in love with Teresa. And I feel like it's going to be something similar to like Times Arrow, where Picard gets the rest of the crew back but stays behind with Guinan, kind of thing. Like I feel like it's going to be something at the end of the season where you know Rios has to like sacrifice himself to stay behind to get everybody else home. I feel that's how they're going to kind of do it. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm going with that one. And then this this kind of a little bit more of an obscure kind of. Uh, uh, theory about the future for those hopefully everybody that listens as knows that the next generation cast is going to be coming for season three and you know so we kind of saw those those kind of previews i think that all this kind of playing around in the past and all this other stuff is going to change the future and it's going to prevent data from dying in nemesis that's all i got ah. Wow. You should have led with that one and left my prediction alone, Jimmy. <laughs> she was. Come on. You could have that. Wow. I think he does it like just to mess with you, Mike. I really do. It's <laughs> Oh, it's yes. on like Donkey yes. Kong. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's all you've got. All right. Mike. Well. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really think that they are leading their way to Rios being left behind or not even left behind. I think he's going to choose to be behind. Um, I just don't know how they're going to justify that. But uh, I think that that's a definite way. And I also think I, I don't want this to be the case, but I'm feeling like because they are bringing back the next generation crew next season, that we are going to see kind of the departure of other, other major characters from this season. Um, whether it be, you know, Rafi and seven going off together um, or even, you know, and, and obviously we, we had Girardi's feature is kind of up in the air. I mean, we, I think we, we, had, I think you're right, Mike, you, you know, she's the board queen, but I, I also think that she might be the big baddie of season three be honest um hey, that that's a that's a pretty good prediction there i didn't go that far so that's yeah i good. think 
Yeah, I think that she's going to end up being the big baddie somehow. But it's going to be interesting how they play around with this. I'm not, you know, I'm feeling less confident about them wrapping up this season in a a, as as well as I think they should have. Mm -hmm. uh, Based upon, you know, this episode just being sort of like Fran said earlier, just inching us towards Mm, forward. Uh, Yep. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, we still got four episodes left. Uh, hopefully, the rest are longer than 38 minutes. And hopefully, <laughs> they will, and, and hopefully, they will feel less torturous than these 38 minutes were. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off of something you said there, Mike. I, I, I feel, I, I do feel you're correct. And I know Jamie has actually talked about this before that he doesn't feel like there's going to be an ending to this season that it's going to continue into season three. I think there's going to be certain parts of what we're dealing with in season two that will be wrapped up by episode 10, but there is going to be a thread that carries over into season three, some type of cliffhanger. Uh, for all of us, uh, who knows? I mean, uh, Terry Metalis has been unbelievable in how he's kind of uh, outlined this season. So I'm wondering if it could be something as uh, eye-opening as a best of both worlds. Um, oh, no, I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, uh, trust me. I hope not, too. Uh, but <laughs> you never know. You never know with these things. Um, it actually, Jamie I agree. and I, were, I think, yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna we're heading towards the best of both worlds finale here. And mm-hmm. uh, the only comparison that I can make is that I think I don't think we're gonna have as long to wait for the third season. Go. Uh, yeah. So it's gonna feel like that summer did after the third season. Yeah. Uh, waiting for that finale to to be resolved, but um, but yeah, I think we're we're definitely heading that way. And I think I don't I, th- I I'm gonna I'm gonna even go as far to say that I don't think I think there are gonna be multiple threads that are gonna need to be wrapped up. I think that we're I think we're we're thinking that there's just gonna be one jaw drop jaw dropping thing at the end of this season. I I think that there's going to be several. Mm several things that were going to be like what they did you know and just like mm-hmm. like well when we when we're reviewing episode 10 or this season i think we're going to be going out of our minds i'm hoping oh. i'm hoping well I'm that's going to make for that review episode to be pretty fantastic with the six of us <laughs> yeah everybody should clear about six hours out of their oh schedule God, for the yeah. discovering picard uh discovering yeah. trek picard uh wrap up finale yeah. slap wrap up so we're gonna we're is. gonna have to, yeah we're gonna have to break it into two parts <laughs> yes but, but i i agree with you mike i think it's coming sooner than we think um you know we've we've seen that filming for season three is already wrapped mm-hmm. um we know that to be released in 2022 we have Strange New Worlds, which is just around the corner, season three of Lower Decks, and season 1.5 of Prodigy. That's mm-hmm. th- that's 30 episodes of content that is on the docket 
already slated for this calendar year. You know, could we see the beginning of season three of Picard kick off, you know, at the end of that? Possibly, you know, if they're done filming, then that means that, you know, potentially they've already gotten into some of the heavy stages of post-production on, on the first couple of episodes, which would, you know, would definitely make it available for late 2022. So who knows, but I, you know, I think that's a very real possibility. Yeah. Discovery is not filming at all yet. And discovery has been our November kind of baby or October, Mm -hmm. November baby every year. And they're no, they're, they're not going to be anywhere near ready for, for that this year. So I think that we're going to have to do a, come back to Picard, which is wrapped. And then hopefully uh, right after that, we'll get season two of strange new worlds. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll get discovery after that. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're filming uh season two of uh strange new worlds now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Up in Canada. It's a good so. problem to have, you know, trying to figure out when our next one. <laughs> yeah. <gonna> be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, one thing we don't have to predict is what will be happening next week. Talon ventures inside Picard's subconscious mind to help him wake from a coma and face both his darkest secrets and deepest fears. Seven and Rafi go in search of Jurati, whom they fear has succumbed to the monster inside. And Rio struggles to hide the truth of who he really is from Teresa. Episode seven is entitled Monsters, and we'll be covering it for you here on Discovering Trek Picard. And don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other awesome perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks podcast network, Beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscriptions start as low as $2 a month. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcast on the network. In addition, uh, start that over. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcast on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Politrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2, with the first link, and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, about Star Trek conventions. You can find all of these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com slash listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. It really looks like Jurati's going to be taking over the world, doesn't it? And what is going to happen with Picard? He can't die again, can he? Tune in next week as we dive into another chapter of this evolving story. To close, we quote Jean-Luc Picard from last season. Hope and the odds make poor bedfellows. Until next time. Never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. 
Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.